0: Chapter 12 of the Story of Edison and the Wonders of Electricity by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Edison's Phonographic Levy. In the last chapter, we have told the story of the phonograph, and we also described the perfected machine. But our readers must not for one moment suppose that the instrument was produced in its present state in a few days or even months the first idea presented itself to the inventor's mind in 1878 and a model was then made at that early stage edison spoke with the greatest confidence about the future of his new invention and the possibilities it contained but other things of a more pressing nature occupied his attention for a time, and therefore the phonograph was laid aside for future developments. Several years passed away before he was again able to give it his attention. It is said that the matter was again brought to the front by the remark of a gentleman who said to the inventor, now edison you must make something to record these sounds when he again took up the phonograph he at once set about experimenting to obtain certain results and to overcome various defects only those who have to do with delicate machines can form any idea how small a thing or how slight an obstruction can make useless the carefully adjusted wheels and springs which produce or regulate any movement as an illustration of this we may call to mind instances where watches have resisted all their owners little attentions and yet the skilled workman has put them right in a moment it was only a trifle he may have said a trifle certainly in his estimation but to the owner it was watch or no watch if edison had been willing to turn out an imperfect machine he might have saved himself an immense amount of labour but it was not enough for him to make a machine which merely recorded sounds that when heard could be understood his aim was to make an instrument which would give back the words of the speaker with all the finer shades of the human voice for about half a year he spent fifteen to twenty hours a day before he could induce the stubborn machine to repeat the letter s day after day week after week and month after month he spoke the word spezia into the instrument thousands of times he gave it the correct word and as often it came back beheaded in the form of "petzia." it could not pronounce the initial letter this lisp might have been tolerated in the infant machine but it could not be endured as it emerged from the period of babyhood the inventor therefore persisted in correcting it by making such changes and adaptations as were suggested by his fertile brain nor did he stay his hand until he considered that its enunciation of s was perfect then again he was not satisfied to send as his representative to all parts of the world an instrument so imperfectly educated as to drop its h's in conversation this therefore entailed upon its author long and tedious experiments until that difficulty was overcome nursery rhymes were freely used And repeated so often in varying tones that a stranger visiting the workshop and hearing the lines so dear to childhood Mary had a little lamb, a little lamb, a little lamb, might have supposed that he had accidentally stumbled into an infant school instead of the laboratory of the world-famous inventor. However, the work went on, and one difficulty after another was overcome, until at length the demands of Edison were met. Then the machine was sent out to literally speak for itself. That it has spoken to some purpose is shown in the public interest which it has awakened and the demand created for it in eighteen eighty eight the new phonograph as it was called was sent to england and exhibited at the crystal palace london by colonel garaud edison's agent in this country the colonel had also received from his chief a phonogram as a letter on a cylinder is called he therefore invited a number of friends to his house to meet edison when the company was assembled the phonogram was placed in the phonograph and all present had the pleasure of hearing the inventor read his own letter the manner in which the instrument reproduced its maker's voice was remarkable it seemed as if the speaker was really in their midst anyone who had heard him speak at once have recognised the tones of his voice as they fell from the phonograph then the guests were treated to an address from the phonograph itself which of course had been spoken into it and in which the instrument was made to attribute its powers of speech to the rare genius incomparable patience, and indefatigable industry of edison in his name it thanked the members of the london press for the favourable reception it had received this was followed by a poem composed by dr nelson powers of piermont on the hudson entitled the phonograph's salutation breaking into verse the instrument said i am a tomb a paradise a shrine an angel prophet slave immortal friend my living records in their native tone convict the knave and disputations end hail english shores and homes and marts of peace new trophies garaud yet are to be won may sweetness light and brotherhood increase i am the latest born of edison this poetical effusion was followed by a varied and interesting programme of music in which almost every instrument had a place the cornet the piano the violin and the flute in turn gave forth their sweet strains the wonder and delight of the listeners then those present had the pleasure of speaking back on a fresh cylinder they were permitted to record the messages they wished to send the man who had invented the magical instrument before them colonel garaud was for some time after this Busily engaged in searching contributions from the most important persons on this side of the Atlantic. In these efforts, he was very successful. For who could refuse to have their speech recorded that the creator of the machine which made it possible might in this way hold communion with the great ones of the earth? For was he not, and still is, one of the monarchs of the human race one day edison held a levee at his house in america his friends in the new world gathered in the flesh to meet his admirers in the old world who had sent the record of their voices to speak for them no better evidence of the importance of the instrument could have been given than the interest which it had aroused in the minds of so many famous persons from victoria queen and empress down to the poet of the shah of persia all ranks and professions were presented but the shah himself could not be induced to address himself to a wax roller queen victoria sent a kind and encouraging letter to the inventor the king of greece expressed his regret that the phonograph was not in existence in the days of homer the king queen and crown prince of italy spoke i am delighted with this instrument said the princess of wales yes most wonderful most marvellous the prince struck in i can add nothing to that which their royal highnesses have just spoken said lord salisbury henry irving and other actors spoke in approving terms and said a piece into the instrument mr and mrs bancroft both contributed a recitation greetings were also sent from lord armstrong lord rayleigh lord kelvin sir moral mackenzie the earl of aberdeen and many other distinguished men tennyson and browning's voices seemed to rise from their graves since they had spoken the words they had been laid side by side in the poet's corner in westminster abbey tennyson began by explaining that he could never remember a line of his poems he begged therefore that he might read something so he read his ode to wellington browning started out bravely to recite his own poem how they brought the news from ghent to X, but his memory failed him once or twice the hums and haws and the oh i can't remember thus provoked from browning were faithfully dealt with by the phonograph cardinal manning's voice was also heard though he too like tennyson and browning had passed into the silent grave since the words to which they were listening had been spoken send me mr gladstone's voice wrote edison to colonel Geraud, and in response to that request the silvery voice of the grand old man eloquent had been sent those of us who have sat or stood spellbound in closely packed rooms suffering discomforts to which we had become unconscious While the silvery tones of the greatest orator of the day fell on our enraptured ears, can form some idea of the keen enjoyment and gratification Edison's guests must have experienced as they listened to the voice of the man of whom they had heard so much. I am profoundly indebted to you, said the aged statesman, for not the entertainment only but the instruction and the marvels of one of the most remarkable evenings which it has been my privilege to enjoy your great country is leading the way in the important work of invention heartily do we wish it well and to you as one of its greatest celebrities allow me to offer my hearty good wishes and earnest prayers that you may long live to witness its triumphs in all that appertains to the well-being of mankind the guests of that evening had the pleasure of listening to handel's israel in egypt as it had been rendered by four thousand voices with the instrumental accompaniments of the huge organ and mammoth orchestra at the handel festival of eighteen eighty eight edison must have felt repaid for all his labours as one after another the men and women whose names are household words contributed their meed of praise or honoured his instrument with their words that they might in some way show their appreciation of his work end of chapter twelve